Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Welcome to the Work Positive Podcast with your host, executive coach, and culture architect, Dr. Joey Fawcett. Discover strategies and tactics that work positive as Dr. Joey talks with industry leaders who create a positive work culture that attracts top talent and reduces team turnover. Discover how you can create a work positive culture that increases productivity and profits. Here's your host, Dr. Joey. Hey, Work Positive Nation, if I were to ask your team, hey, is, insert your name here, um, credible, what would they say about you? And maybe you're thinking to yourself, hey, Dr. Joey, what what does being credible have to do with me creating a work positive culture that increases productivity and profits? Well, today's guest is going to tell you exactly what credibility has to do with creating a positive work culture, a place where you want to work. He interviewed 500 thought leaders, not just 500 people on the street, 500 thought leaders about credibility. And then he wrote a book called Credibility Nation, and it will help you, I promise, attract top talent and reduce team turnover in your positive work culture. And it'll be a place you want to work forever. So Work Positive Nation, help me welcome to the Work Positive Podcast today, Mitchell Levy. Mitchell, as you can tell, I'm a little excited to have you on the podcast, buddy. I'm happy to be here. So Work Positive Nation and Credibility Nation, which, by the way, is also a membership community. We need to figure out after this talk, how do we play together even further? there. Well, let's just create a bigger sandbox, shall we? Absolutely. <laughs> we will need to keep cats out, though, if it's a sandbox, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a whole level of conversation. That yeah, that's a different to, show. But probably not for this show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I live on a farm. We have cats, barn cats, things like that. So that's where my head goes. Tell me about credibility. How did you get turned on to this notion that credibility is vitally important, particularly in creating a positive work culture? You know, I've been in Silicon Valley for 35 years. I've started over 20 companies. One of the latest set of companies had to do with book publishing. And so I've published over 750 books. And and during the dot-com day, I, I was... I was one of those guys that would go around the companies and I would talk to the CEOs of VP of operations. And I go, you know, there's this new technology coming called the internet. And (laughs) Dr. Jerry, I actually was physically tossed out of two companies where I was told that the internet is just a fat. No way. Seriously. And, and so it was a very interesting time and evolution. And I started working with and focusing on thought leadership. Hmm. And so I did um, a lot of training to thousands of thought leaders on how to actually be you, how do you, how do you be you and show up as you. Mm -hmm. And when My business changed a lot as a result, as Amazon continued to grow and focus and many people now, as we'll just say, as book publishing has become democratized, Mm -hmm. 
It changes a lot. And I was thinking about, okay, what's next? And Mm. I woke up one day and I go, hmm, credibility. Credibility is very cool. Let me think about what it is. And I, I thought, well, so imagine if you're part of my team. And I go to a team meeting one day and I go, you know what, guys, we're going to continue to do the work we're doing. And in the next year, we're going to interview 500 thought leaders on credibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the faces were like, huh? And I'm like, don't <laughs> worry what? about it. I'm, one of the things I do very well is build systems. And so I just said, don't worry about it. Let's let's do the first three to five. Let's figure mm-hmm. out how it goes. Well, then I'll help you put processes in place. And mm-hmm. so that's what we ended up doing. Mm-hmm. And. I originally started this with the intent of having a book, you know, Credibility Nation. Sure. What I ended up getting, which was significantly different, was a life purpose. Oh, wow. And and it was really amazing. So I did this in a, in a year. I would interview on Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons between 10 to 12 people each day. We mm. would do the half hour interviews. Mm-hmm. What would happen is I would send people a video to prepare ahead of time. So there's actually a 16 minute video to prepare. Mm -hmm. And the end result, when we actually go live for the interviews, because we also use this content for a podcast, Mm -hmm. the end result was me being able to ask five questions and have five answers in five minutes. Oh, right. Really powerful. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what came out of the interviews, uh, I'll tell you my life purpose in a second. I will tell you the biggest shocker first. Okay. The biggest shocker is now I'm talking to thought leaders, right? So I'm talking to people who, who you, that we all follow, not all of them, you know, some are, are at different levels, but they audiences Uh and 98% of the thought leaders I spoke with 98% could not articulate who serve and how they serve them in less than 10 words. What? 98% of people can do this. Right. Mm. And, and so I've come up with this term and an approach. It's called a CPOP, your customer point of possibilities. Uh-huh. And the video would help people articulate their CPOP. Mm. And so it was shocking to me. I mean, really shocking to me when I did that. And so when we would do the green room conversation, like what you and I had to feel comfortable with each other, sure. the green room conversation was I challenged the people as part of the video. Hey, listen, why don't you be part of the 2%? Why don't you actually be the person that comes in the door and actually articulates their CPOP? And the biggest problem that people had, the biggest problem is that they were following a set of rules. And the rules that were followed when we talk to other people is let's give them our 30 second elevator pitch Mm. or let's give them our value proposition. Mm. And both of those have one in problem. They both start with the word I or we. Uh, it's all about. Right? Yeah, you got that. You right. do that right away. Right. So, uh, so right. if you want a positive work culture, mm. it's absolutely not. I mean, I guess it part of it is what you do for the employees. But what's really important is what do you do for your clients? Mm-hmm. And so your CPOP is, is who you serve. Yes. You know, so for me, it's it's businesses and then. It's either what is the pain point you're addressing or what is the aspiration point you're delivering? Mm-hmm. And so my CPOP is six words long. Mm. Businesses increasing ROI with operational credibility. Mm. And so what would happen, and I've now done this over a thousand times, wow. is when somebody can articulate 
their CPOP. And and by the way, inside a company, there are multiple there are multiple CPOPs, there are multiple customer point of possibilities. Because if you're in finance, your customer is inside, internal versus external. Right. Your customer could be SEC, depending if you're a public company or not, right? Mm-hmm. So, so what's fascinating is when you know your CPOP, it be that's your purpose. And if you could articulate your purpose and wear it on your sleeve because it's less than 10 words, guess what happens? People know you for who you are and you can enjoy yourself that much more because when opportunities come your way, when things come your way, you've got this container you live in. You Mm got this. I I typically call it a playground. Your CPOP (laughs) is the playground you play in. Mm hmm. And then you could tell whether or not, you know, sometimes I'd call it sandbox, but now I'm, every time I use the word sandbox now, I'm going to think about cats, you know, <laughs> using the sandbox. I'm like, I can't use sandbox anymore. Thanks for ruining that for me. Sorry, um, I destroyed that metaphor for you. <laughs> so what, what happened <laughs> is I came up with this concept called a CPOP. And then what I realized, Dr. Joey, was if 98% of thought leaders can articulate their CPOP, mm. and by the way, I realized that I could train people how to do this. I've got a one-hour course that helps people articulate their CPOP. If I could train people how to do it, and 98% of people can today, that just means we've been taught wrong. If something yes. is teachable and people don't do it, and, and that means we have to forget the I and the we and focus on who do we serve. So we focus on servant leadership. Mm. And if we focus on servant leadership and we focus on the customer we're serving, then it becomes really easy. Mm. So if it's teachable, that also means, well, what else did we not get taught? Right. And and so that's all of a sudden it was about 11 months into the, the 12 month interview process. I realized my bigger purpose. Mm. And and I, I'll show you a, a picture I, I have on the side of my desk to remind me it's to tip the scale between those in the world wow. that are credible. Yeah. And I think we're losing at the moment mm. between those that are credible and those that are dubious. Mm. And so that's uh, in doing the interviews. That's what came out. And now I'm in I'm in deployment mode. Mm. Yeah, because the, the, <laughs> as you just said, there's a large playing field out there for you because we are losing. So define credibility for us. I mean, what does it look like? What does it smell like? How do I know someone's credible, particularly when I'm um, in HR or I'm a small business owner and I'm trying to attract top talent to my company? How do I sniff out credibility? So, by the way, you've got about five questions in that one question. So, first, let's give the definition. <laughs> All right. Credibility is the quality in which you are trusted, known, and liked. Trusted, so, trusted known, known, and, and liked. liked. Okay. Right. And so, if you're in HR, you have a tool today that didn't exist 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. You Google the employee's name. Yeah. Right. When I look at not just somebody's resume, but when I look at their social media profiles, if they have if they actually have a website, I look at them. If I look at their interactions, you're now getting a lot of information, not just on really the trust side, but you're really getting to know them and decide whether or not you like them. And, Mm. you know, here's what's interesting. In the old days, it did not matter whether or not you liked the people you were working with. (laughs) You want to create a positive work culture. You got to like the people you're working with. Absolutely. It's kind of simple. It's really simple. When credibility, when that definition was used and invented in the dictionary Mm -hmm. uh, today, if you look in the dictionary, it says credibility is the quality in which one is trusted. 
Mm. Right. And it, what I found out is that, no, it's not just about trust mm. because you can trust somebody to have integrity, to say what they do and do what they say. Right. One of the things that came out of the interviews is that there are two levels of integrity. It's the only I've got 10 attributes, 10 values mm. that sort of came out of the word credibility. Okay. And under trust, there's the external integrity. Mm. Mm-hmm. Under being known, it's your internal integrity. Mm. All right. So let's yep. use an example of Uber and all of a sudden a CEO who's throwing wild parties and thinking that's OK. And subsequently, the, the company had a significant problem. <laughs> that to me is internal integrity. Yeah. Recognizing that what you do in your personal life and, and offline affects overall the company right. is an important element. But I specifically, and by the way, Dr. Joey, this is one of those interesting things I I didn't understand when integrity was coming up into two columns. I, the way I think mm. about credibility, it's the column of being trustworthy and there are four values there. There's a column of being known and there are four values there. And maybe what we should focus on, there's a column of being likable. And mm. I actually, I have two values associated with likability. We could talk about that. Mm-hmm. When I came up with the research, I didn't realize that integrity was external integrity and internal integrity. I just knew that integrity was an important enough that it needed to be there twice. Mm. And it was one of those things, and this is what you want for your entire workforce. I was having a conversation with somebody and they actually said, Mitchell, she was someone who focuses on joy. She goes, Mitchell, do you realize that happiness is on the outside and joy is on the inside? And I'm like, oh, powerful. Hmm. No, I didn't realize that. And I woke up the next morning and I realized, do you realize that in integrity, associated with being trusted it's uh, external yeah, integrity yeah. in terms of being known as internal so if you're an hr Got you it. not only need to know how somebody shows up whether or not they're they're trustworthy mm. but you also need to get to know them a little bit more <laughs> and you can get to know them a little bit more of what are the circles they play with what are the what are the things that they do are they are there things in terms of of what they've said that are not in alignment with the overall goals and mission of the company? Oh, wow. And that purpose and alignment, the company purpose aligning with personal passion, that's a real sweet spot, right? That's where, you know, you're attracting people who not only will you like and, and you can work with, but they'll stay. So you've just reduced team turnover on the front end and you've decreased the size of your back door and increased the size of your front door. Now, I love Tim Sanders. Maybe, uh, you know, his book, The Likeability Factor. Love is a killer app was one before that. Talk about likability a little bit, because you're right. Guys from my generation, maybe from yours too, it was just, let's hire people who come in here and get the job done. And, and so you punch the clock, you come in, you do your work, and then you go home. Then you do what you really want to do, <laughs> right? But today, particularly with hybrid work environments and then remote work and things like that, we're working a little harder to, and the millennials and the Z's insist on it, we're working a little harder actually know each other. And so the relationships deepen through work and likability becomes even more important. 
how do I give definition to the likability factor within my company and the part that it plays in creating a positive work culture? It's, by the way, the most simplest thing. And, and as I'm listening to what you just said, hmm. you did focus on trust and you did focus on no. Right. Because if you're going to work for a company, you need to know not just who your boss is, but what does the company stand for? What are the values? Are they in alignment with with my values? Right. And so if you're hiring somebody and you don't know the values of your company, well, that has to be fixed. And if you know the values of the company, are they actually executed? Yes. Or how well are they implemented? How well are they reflected in the company culture? There's one thing to put it on the wall, right? (laughs) It's another to live it. Well, you know this as well as anyone. One of the worst things you could do in a company is Mm -hmm. take an employee survey on culture and then just ignore it. Don't summarize it. Don't do anything about it. Don't. Yeah, it's like that's even worse than not giving it as much credence as it needs to have being likable. There are two, just two extremely simple things, right? So by the way, I didn't know this till after the survey, if you want to be likable, there are two things you need to do. Mm -hmm. One, share your stage and two, show respect. Mm. So share your stage. We'll talk about that in a second. Share your stage is I created a word one of the words that I created, and I've got a bunch of little credibility words that I created, but the mm-hmm. one that I first started, and it came from a guy by the name of David Meerman Scott. David invented the word newsjacking, if you remember that mm-hmm. that word. So that was from David. Mm-hmm. And in the green room conversation with David, he's one of the guys I interviewed. I said, mm-hmm. so how do I get this credibility thing out and, and known to the world? And he says, Mitchell, invent a word. <laughs> I go, okay, cred dust. <laughs> Oh, he goes, works. Mitchell, you know, it took me about six months to invent the word, think about it and all this stuff. You, you know, you don't have to do it right away. I said, <laughs> I've been interviewing all these thought leaders. One of the things that successful thought leaders do is they bring up other people and they quote not just other people who are thought leaders. They quote their competition as well. Mm. And I said, I just don't know if cred dust is one D or two. And I ended up. <laughs> I ended up picking up creddust.com with both 1D and 2. And one of the things he recommended was don't get a trademark or copyright any of this stuff. So, but if somebody actually Googles creddust, they'll go to a dictionary definition page that I created that what is creddust and creddust is sharing the ideas, thoughts, and actions of of other people. Mm. So if you can have a corporate culture where those people inside the culture are highlighting the peers that they work with or either the not just the bosses but the people who are beneath them as well if you're not a completely flat organization if you can have that type of culture where you're actually spreading cred dust on a consistent basis Mm -hmm. that's super valuable Boy, okay. that's immensely valuable. I love that notion of sharing the stage and and the cred dust because we really have shifted today from what I refer to as the ego economy to the we economy. I mean, it's what we can do together now. And as we were talking earlier, so first likability factor is share the stage. What's the second one, Mitchell? Well, you said the we economy and you can only have a we if you show respect. Yes, And so how do you show respect? I came up with what came out of the interviews, which was shocking to me, was come early, come prepared, come with your heart. So I interviewed 500 thought leaders on credibility. Mm -hmm. And 
this is crazy. I defined coming late as coming within three minutes of a live show. <laughs> right. So I just came up with a definition. You come within three minutes of a live show and it's coming late. And yeah. 23% of the people came late. 23%. Wow. Okay. Wow. Now I'm going to make it worse. Okay. 4% of the 500 thought leaders. This means 20 people came after the start of their live show. Ooh. Like, huh? Wait, yeah. say it again, Mitchell. Right. So, yeah, yeah. so we have a live show starting at a particular without... time. 20 out of 500, 4% came after the start time. Now, this is because that's how they were trained. They were trained that credibility uh, is to have as many meetings as possible. And one meeting runs late and you, you want to make sure you give that person time. And you just, the whole day starts becoming late. And you know, you know, the executives inside companies that they always start their meetings five or 10 minutes late. Well, mm. guess what? That is not showing respect to the people in the room. Mm. It's disrespectful. Right? So, so come mm. early. Okay. Come prepared. Mm. Right. So you and I did Google each other. Right. <laughs> we have a mutual person in common. We learn a little bit more about each other. Absolutely. You've got the in the old days the ENIAC, an IBM computer that was the size of this room. You've got that in your pocket. Your ability to, to take this thing mm-hmm. and and be able to learn as at least five or 10 minutes worth of the person you're talking to. So come prepared and then come with your heart. Mm. So here's the interesting part. Yeah. 50% of the people who, when they first came in for the interview, 50% didn't show me their heart. They were showing me their marketing cookie cutter BS. Oh, wow. 50%. Now in the green room, I was able to convert that number from 50% to 80%. Like, listen, this is going to be safe. This will be fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it, all the types of things you do. This is yeah. who you are. I'm excited yeah. about you. Like the same sort of thing. You you have a really beautiful pops type presence <laughs> that makes people feel comfortable. Yeah, right. So you I do the see. same thing. Right. And mm-hmm. but that still means even after helping to prep people, 20 percent of people never show me their heart. Wow. So if I don't see somebody's heart, if I if I don't see who you are, how can I actually get to know you? How can I decide to like you? And so likability is really sharing your stage and showing respect. Mm. It's kind of the stuff that grandma probably taught us. And we just <laughs> it, it didn't apply to business back then. So we ignored it applies to business now. Yes. And, and is in stark contrast to the way that many of us do business uh, based on your numbers right there. Mitchell Levy from Credibility Nation is my guest today on the Work Positive Podcast. Mitchell, how do you recognize when someone's showing their heart? Hmm. Now, that's a great question. I don't know if anyone's ever asked me that question, so I'm coming up with the answer as we're speaking. Take your time, my friend. Take your time. I'm just struck by, man, so much, and, and this is not a, I respect data analyst, uh, but it just seems like we, we just want to drive down the left side of our brain so often without necessarily engaging the creative innovative side. And so often our hearts get sidelined. I mean, it's yeah, just like, but no, uh, I hear you, but I mean, I love that because in order to connect, right. Which is, it's all about relationships. And that's what we're talking about here in terms of building credibility in order to be likable. You got to know something about me, right? And so I'm going to show you my heart. What does that look like when I show you my heart? You know, it's an interesting question. And I this is a little bit more of the empirical 
mm-hmm. you know, versus the quantitative numbers that you see. Yes. What does right. it look like when you show me your art? In our green room conversation, we talked about your granddaughter. We talked about what the name is you'd like to be uh, told. You, I gave you a suggestion on having your name show up as Dr. Joey on the on the video, right? And you were coachable. So one of the oh, components yeah. of being known, one of the of being mm. trustworthy, mm-hmm. is being coachable. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if you're coachable, if you're vulnerable, you know, the we were taught that we always need, regardless of the position we're in, we always need to know the answer to every question. If, yeah. <laughs> it, remember that? And, I and, do, you know, man. They lied to us. <laughs> exactly. If somebody asked you a question and you don't know, uh-huh. and you know you should know. Oh, yeah. Knowing your heart is trusting any other person showing vulnerability saying, mm-hmm. I don't know if I know that. Do you know that? Or is that something I should look up? Because if, if it's something I should research, then I'll make sure the next time we talk, I, I got it. Right. Oh, man. To your point, Mitchell, I can remember being a youngster, you know, like 40 years, almost 40 years ago. And uh, I was in a in a meeting and we had the guru up on you know center platform and all of us uh, relative novices were there. And there's always at least one person that wants to ask a question and display his or her intelligence, right? There's a question. There's this preamble. Oh, that typically on. a his. I hear you. <laughs> no, it really is. It's <laughs> ego, ego, ego driven, right? I'm on the stage now trying to take it from the guru. I mean, that, that's the way this guy came across. So he asked this question. And of course, the question went on for about 15 minutes. And, and the guru says, and this was formative for me to your point. The guru says, you know, I'm not smart enough to have thought about that before. But I will find someone who has, and I'll get back with you. Nice. And I heard that, Mitchell, and I went like, hey, if that dude who has a storied career, right, and is a good, regarded as a guru and an expert in his field, if he can do that and be that honest and transparent about it, it's okay for me to say, I don't have a clue. <laughs> right? Nice. But I, somebody, I can find somebody who does. So, man, to your point, that's really showing your heart. So the things that are popping in my head right now is a vulnerability and a transparency that brings about authenticity in the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. How do we create and those are meaning? those are elements of credibility yeah. that when you're actually truly listening, you're also feeling. So mm. the how do you show your heart? You feel that it's the right answer, right? But no one's asking that question. So that's the first words I'm gonna say. Haven't been asked that question. That's a great question. It doesn't mean I don't know the answer. And I think I've given a good enough answer because what it did for you is you started bringing in other values of credibility that you were feeling at a, by the way, phenomenal story. Mm. Uh, Marshall Goldsmith, who, who Mm -hmm. is, uh, I'm one of the hundred coaches in the Marshall Goldsmith's organization and Marshall, what he'll say, if he's asked a question that he doesn't know, his response is not an expert. <laughs> right? Because if you're at the top of the pier, you're the CEO and somebody asked yeah. you a question, if you make a decision to answer that question when you don't know, they're still going to give you the credibility and the thought of being the expert. And it is so much better to spread cred dust and, and look to other yeah. people in the organization to support sure. you. 
Yeah. Oh, man, that's so true. Well, if I try to BS my way through an answer to a question I don't have a clue about, I figure people are going to figure it out about halfway through my BS, right? So I'd rather them know that I'm ignorant rather than I'm stupid. Because <laughs> if I'm BSing my way through it, right, then, then I'm, I'm acting stupid. But if I'm just ignorant, that's just a matter of finding somebody who knows the answer. And to your point, being coachable, as we're putting together, as we have about 50 coaches in the work positive community, that's one of the things we look for to determine how good a coach you are. Are you coachable yourself, right? And that means you have to be authentic and transparent and, and the kinds of things that we're, we're talking about right here. So Mitchell, this conversation could go on for half a day, but I got two more things I, I want us to talk about, by the way, because you're just, man, I love talking with you. Thank what are you. some of the challenges that you see in companies today in terms of living out of the credibility and spreading that cred dust? I'm going to say, by the way, thank you. And right back at you. Um, Thanks, buddy. Probably the the biggest challenge is we have completely been trained wrong. Mm. Right. The It starts with the educational system. From educational system on, we've been trained to be cogs in a wheel that Mediocre. we... Right. We we get into a company. We you're supposed to work for them. You 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 build your way up to the top. You you mm-hmm. always look to your superiors as as the expert that that you're going to be. Uh, you work there for the rest of your life. You have your retirement in place and then you get to do what you want to do when you retire. Well, the current generation is saying that's I want to do what I want to do now. That's not enough. Yeah, right. I want to do it now. And I want it all. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the thing is. We now have tools and technology that that are taking the things that we used to do in the past and we've empowered. I know a number of 20 year olds Mm -hmm. that their defined eight hour workday because Mm -hmm. of the tools and approaches they use. Mm -hmm. They get that done in two hours. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so they're four times more productive Mm -hmm. than you and I were when we were working. So if you don't know how to feed that person and you require them to physically be there for eight hours and and the job they do is they they get it done in two hours they're twiddling their thumbs actually doing other things for six hours should you use that time can you find ways to potentially pay them more or use them in other areas Mm -hmm. this is the 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 construct behind google saying hey use part of your time right actually do things on site because they realize super bright people are going to get the the job done quicker Mm -hmm. than we've done in the past so as a company how do you take advantage of that Mm. i mean Mm. i know as soon as i said those words i don't mean in a negative way how do you take advantage of the fact that you have these super bright people that are getting their their work done four times faster and are you treating them like Hmm. like the types of babies that maybe you were when you were at their age are you treating them like super advanced adults that you now can do other things with Mm. yeah and you recognize their peak performance, what builds out their peak performance. Now, how do you allow them to catch that joy de vivre and really accelerate in innovation and creativity? And that becomes your competitive advantage in the marketplace uh, without the typical construct of time, time, time is how we define productivity, right? Well said, yes. Yeah, And the whole landscape really shifted 
during COVID, when we went to, typically we call it remote work, I prefer um, Johansson's phrase about distributed networks. When we moved to distributed networks, right, how, how cool was it? to figure out, hey, we can be more productive. And people are still surprised by that, Mitchell. You know, I'm more productive because I'm not sitting in my car for two hours a day commuting. Well, let's think about that for just a second. <laughs> Mitchell Levy is my guest on this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. Man, there's so much gold in this. And we're going to talk in just a minute, Work Positive Nation, about how you can get in touch with Credibility Nation, some easy ways that you can reach out to them and uh, learn even more about how you can help create that positive work culture where credibility is a central stack pole in what it is that you're creating there. Uh, Mitchell, Work Positive Nation always wants to know one thing. What's one thing that Work Positive Nation can do today, starting today, to create a positive work culture in the companies in which they find themselves? One cool thing. I'm going to say the most, it's focus on the pillar of likability. This is where companies really don't spend enough time and energy. And technically, it's two things, because if you're focusing on the pillar of of likability, you're focusing on spreading cred dust, you're focusing on respect, Mm. respect for each other, respect for uh, one of the things when I first started working at companies, you know, I got my MBA and I read all this stuff about customer service and 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 we and, and then I went to these companies and I realized the most underpaid people in the company, the most underpaid area of the company is customer service. Now. SaaS-based companies have at least recognized that churn is a bad thing. You need to put more money in. But financial guys have put too much ROI calculations around managing the types of things, and they're doing just enough Mm. as opposed to doing what's right. Mm. And what's right is not just spreading cred dust, but showing respect, not just inside the company with your employees, but showing respect for your clients will make your employees recognize that you actually are living your purpose. Mm. And we're back to purpose and passion alignment, right? Mitchell, tell Work Positive Nation how's the best way for us to get in touch with you and learn more about Credibility Nation. You know, it's uh, probably my most active social media platform is LinkedIn. So you could always connect to me on LinkedIn. I have a website, MitchellLevy.com. And then where I interact with a community is is in Credibility Nation. And it's just CredibilityNation.com. And I'm excited if, if something like this caught your attention, if this was interesting to you in a way that you wanted to bring more credibility into your company. First, Dr. Jory and I will we'll have products together sometime in the future because this is too cool of a conversation. Yeah, we were separated at birth. That's, that's um, right. I, I got to get a hat, though, man. I'm telling you, if you're just listening to this, you're not watching YouTube. <laughs> I got to get a hat. <laughs> so Fedora has turned into a really cool trademark. And <laughs> that's my, awesome, uh, man. And I, one of the things that happens now is is when you look at any of our slides or some of our websites, we have an Easter egg of a fedora somewhere on on the location, right? So <laughs> I'm loving it. I'm loving it. So I can go to MitchellLevy.com. I can go to CredibilityNation.com. Uh, sounds great. And then we we did talk about one of our deployment vehicles is Ultimate Credibility Bootcamp. Okay. You know, and and so I think when we're looking at companies, what we do there 
is allow people to articulate their CPOP, their customer point of possibilities. And that's since their purpose in less than 10 words. Mm. And then we help them align who they are and how they show up both online and offline. Mm-hmm. Or, or I like to say synchronously and asynchronously. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, if you're in HR, it's going to be easier and easier over time to be able to get a bigger picture of the person that you're working with. And, and it's not just the, the assessments they take, but it's how they show up in their day to day activities. Mm-hmm. And you want those people with with the types of passion and purpose that are in alignment with the corporate passion and purpose. Absolutely. And that's where the jazz is, man. That is exactly where the jazz is. When that company uh, purpose and your personal point of passion align, ah, you're just really off to the races. And then an eight-hour day turns into a two-hour day, and then you get to play, right? So it's fun. Well, that's a, well by the way, Dr. Joey, how cool would it be if, if you told your employees, hey, listen, you got to get this stuff done, and they get it done in two hours, and they have the rest of the day off? <laughs> but that's kind of interesting. Well, then – the as a manager, your job is, well, I'd like to be able to give you stuff that's even more that's more difficult for you to do, that challenges you more, that that brings your creativity to the next level. What are you interested in? Yes. What do you wake up at three o'clock in the morning excited about? Right. Yeah. And, and that that's just an amazing that's the second conversation between Mitchell Levy and Dr. Joey. Right. Uh-huh. Hey, thanks so much, man. Truly, I feel like uh, we were separated at birth and I've loved every minute of this conversation. Mm-hmm. Go to MitchellLevy.com. Uh, go to CredibilityNation.com. Do yourself a favor and discover all about that likability and uh, how you can spread credit all over Work Positive Nation companies. Mitchell, thank you so much. I've learned a lot. I'm sure Work Positive Nation has as well. And I look forward to the next conversation. As do I. Thank you. This was uh, beyond my expectations as an amazing conversation. So I appreciate it. Thanks, Dr. Thank you for listening to the Work Positive Podcast with your host, executive coach and culture architect, Dr. Joey Fawcett. Please share this podcast with your friends who are small business leaders so they can create a positive work culture that increases their productivity and profits. Get your free 15-point work positive checklist to help you attract top talent and reduce team turnover. Download this checklist at workpositive.today slash checklist. Remember, it pays to work positive.